Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wei and the Kathy Show. And today is, is your host uh, Wei here. And uh, so Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, is weighing over whether she should or she would be visiting Taiwan in August. If she doesn't go, in my opinion, it will be a major mistake. Okay. Uh, would uh, President Biden rescind some of the China tariff that was imposed by Trump? And uh, Robert uh, Lighthizer's published opinion on Wall Street Journal revealed us the answer, possibly. Okay. Now, Steve Bannon was found guilty for contempt of uh, the Congress uh, today. So, what about it? So, those are the topic of today. And uh, before we get started, if you like our show, please make sure you click on the like and uh, making sure you stay subscribed and also turn on the all notification. Again, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Yeah, so let's first talk about uh, Steve Bannon. Okay, as you know that uh, last year that, that this uh, January six uh, select committee was set up, and then they started issue subpoenas to witness um, that they want to come to the committee to testify, and then they issue one subpoena to Steve Bannon on the September twenty third last year. Okay, of course, the purpose is to sort uh, Steve Bannon to, to seek Steve Bannon's testimony over his involvement in the, you know, 2020 uh, presidential election, and uh, apparently Steve Bannon doesn't want to go, so he argued that his uh, testimony was protected by Trump's uh, executive uh, privilege because he served as Trump's advisors in the early time of the. Early part of the Trump's uh, administ uh, Trump's uh, administration. However, the select committee said, uh, "Well, then you left in 2018, and uh, you were fired, and you were already a private citizen at the time that when we subpoena you. So you don't have that executive privilege." Anyway, but Steve Bannon resisted; he didn't go, and uh, so the select committee took him to court, to the federal court. And uh, then in last November, Bannon was indicted um, by two counts, one for refusing to appear for a deposition at the Congress and the other for refusing to provide documents in response to the committee's uh, subpoena. And uh, so before the trial, which is uh, you know, this week, before the trial, Trump waived his uh, objection and, um, on the pr executive privilege. And at the last minute, Steve Bannon also reversed his uh, position. He said he want to come. However, the trial has, has already been going on, and then the prosecutors uh, presented two witnesses, one the FBI agent, another is the, basically the counsel of the select committee. And uh, so basically the argument is you have to answer to the subpoena because this is not a choice, it's not an invitation. Um, this is the, a subpoena from the Congress, and you have to respect, for, respect it and show up if you don't. Then it's a uh, it's contempt of uh, the Congress, and the last time someone was uh, found uh, the guilty of uh, contempt of uh, Congress was in 1983, actually. So what is the Steve Bannon's counter argument during the court? Actually, he said, "I have nothing to present," so he did not present any evidence, and uh, which surprised the judge a little bit. But anyway, judge order still ordered the uh, 12 people jury to. Start to deliberation, which took them three years. So ended up the jury, you know, find Steve Bannon guilty on both counts, both uh, misdemeanor. So he faced up to two years in federal prison, um, between sixty days to two years in federal prison. 
and when he when he is sentenced on October twenty first, this is the first piece of news. I don't know how you think about that. This is just something happened, and um, and uh, Steve Bannon doesn't want to go, and there there is this um, Congress uh, subpoena. So how do you deal with that? So let, share with us your opinion. Are you do you support Steve Bannon or you don't support his choice of action, choice of non-action, actually inaction? All right. So the next, you know, we've been talking about whether um, whether the Biden administration would be rescind some of the Trump's um, you know tariff on China's Chinese product, and because the reason because of the high inflation, and the Biden administration is trying every way to lower the inflation. So of course the idea of how about let we just do away those tariffs, you know, was raised so that China goods can come in cheaper, and which would reflect as part of the inflation. Okay, and uh, inside the Biden administration, there was this actual argument. They don't have you know consensus over there. For example, the U.S. Trade um, Representative, right, Catherine Catherine Tai, uh, was Tai was against it, and then the Treasury Minister, um, the yeah, the Treasury Minister was uh, was all for it. So we don't know what's the answer. Anyway, so actually four days ago. Uh, um, the Robert uh, Lee Caesar, and he published an opinion on Wall Street Journal. And today, a counter argument was uh, counter opinion was also published. So let's briefly talk about um, um, the Lee Caesar's opinion, okay? And he said that this is a great mistake if the Trump administration, uh, Biden administration, were to do that for four four reasons. First, it would it may okay it would uh, if they. The Biden administration were to rescind uh, the tariff on Chinese product. First, it has no effect over lowering the inflation. The second, it would increase our already crippling trade deficit with China. Third, it would squander Washington's negotiation leverage with Beijing over intellectual property theft. And the fourth, it would threaten the national security. So let, let's go a little deeper there. Okay, on the first matter. Have no effect over lowering inflation, which is the main reason the Biden administration want to, you know, rescind the, the tariff. So, like Caesar wrote that uh, the tariff has already has almost no price impact across the economy when they were implemented back then. Okay, and actually, consumer price decelerated after the tariff was put in place. So basically, there's no proof that uh, by doing away with those tariffs. You know the, the the price will come down, and the second reason, and he said, uh, Chinese imports actually to the U.S. in total make up only two percent of the goods included in the consumer price index, and and they also they exclude the key products like energy and the food. We don't import any energy from China. We we produce food from within. We don't import food from China either. So, so that two percent imported goods has little to do with our The inflation, and then he went on. He wrote that even the Patterson Institute for International Economics, which is a anti-tariff think tank, estimated that the removal of all Section 301 tariffs, which is what、uh, you know Trump did on Chinese goods, would reduce CPI inflation by 0.26 percentage point at the most, which is just a you know quarter of a percentage, and.、Uh, He said, "Senior Biden administration officials have admitted as such, too. So basically, it has very little impact."
Um, and the second reason, he said, uh, if we do away with the tariff, the resulting U.S.-China trade deficit is already more than $350 billion, which over the time, over the decades, has transferred billions, trillions of dollars of American wealth uh, to our main adversary. And then as the trade deficit lasts, the trade keeps costing many, many American jobs and also destroy various U.S. you know, industries. Because China used that kind of uh, surplus in the trading, they're going to subsidize, subsidize their company in certain in select industry and come in and then those companies coming in and crush our companies. So basically it's just, it's just a state against our you know, civil companies. We are no match to that because it's the entire country on the other side. And uh, the re well, the reason why they can do that is because they got this huge surplus you know, every year, 35, $350 billion. And then, so Light Caesar went down and said that the, the, China, the China tariffs ensure that the domestic manufacturers won't be undercut by the Chinese importers and have provided the foundation for a recent wave of reshoring. Okay? And if we were to reduce the tariff on Chinese goods, it would slow the revival of American manufacturing and hurt American economic resilience and productivities. Okay, do you agree? And then the third reason is that this would means send the wrong message. We give substantial concession to Beijing. And uh, because the tariff at that time was a response to the decades of uh, Chinese intellectual property theft and the other unfair trade policies. And it was effective because by imposing those trade uh, tariffs, and China was forced to sign up the, you know, the phase one agreement with the U.S., which was implemented in February 2020. So clearly, the tariff works. It worked. The Chinese government is afraid of that. And then rescinding any of them would signal that this president doesn't take China's intellectual property abuses seriously. Okay? And the Caesar also said this would show that we ignore that China is America's primary geopolitical adversary, okay? And then now we're treating this as a benign economic, competing economic partner, okay, which has dangerous implication for the U.S. national security. Well, and uh, like Caesar also said, Beijing is currently engaged in the all-of-society push for global economic and military pre um, preeminence and on the renewable energy supply chain, on the steel, production on a rare earth, metal production, and so on and so forth, you know, they try to dominate, and the, the result, they use the resulting profits and, uh, you know, and funnel them into the multi-billion dollar overhaul of the PLA, which is the People's Liberation Army. And then also the intellectual property theft itself, you know, caused U.S. to bleed 225, between $225 billion and $600 billion a year. And uh, so by doing this, we only strengthen the regime. And he also said American people, 73% of Americans support using trade remedies against China to pr protect American industries and workers. And 71% of the voters and support Washington continuing to impose Section 301 tariff on, the, on China. So it's very interesting. After I read that, there's this uh, counter article that was published, a counter, how to say, opinion, published uh, today by Professor Donald uh, Baldrox, okay? And Professor Baldrox 
is from George Mason University. So I, I took the care to really, you know, re read it through. I want to see what his point of view. And let me just quickly tell you what his point of view. And you tell me how effective those counterpoints is. Okay, the first one is, uh, he said, uh, like Caesar, exaggerates the extent of China's Chinese IP theft as they ignore the alternative and the less disruptive means, most notably arbitration through the World Trade Organization of re reducing what the theft there actually is. Gosh, I cannot believe he wrote that, to be honest. Okay, China's joining WTO is only to sabotage WTO. They don't, you know, win by the rules established by the WTO, which is the common rule among all the, you know, participating members. China coming in, all the country, virtually all the country, open up their doors to China product, Chinese product. But China still hold their trade hurdle and keep saying that oh, we're going to do that later and later and later and later until now. They never did it. So they took advantage of WTO and never carry out their duty. And this professor, this George Mason professor, I don't know how much, he, how much reality he can perceive. He can roll that more notably arbitration through WTO. It's just, it's utter joke, you know. I, if I got a chance to talk to him, I, I have to show him how, how, you know, really how clueless he is. The second he said that talking about trade deficit is meaningless, meaningless statistics. Because he's, he, he said just like 196 countries in this world, when they trade, can you insist that they have to be, you know, balanced trade, you buy as much as you sell? And uh, between any two companies who, you know, do business, can you insist that they, their trade is balanced? He said it's meaningless. There's no point to insist on that. Well, I agree with the professor. If China is a normal country, if, if China is just like Japan, it's just like Germany, it's like France, like Canada, or even like Mexico, but China is not. China is run by Chinese Communist Party, an evil regime which intentionally de-level, you know, de-level the trade, the, 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 you know, the trade and create an a inherent advantage through subsidizing its company, uh, through you know, raising the, the, the hurdles to force the transfer of technology, and so on and so forth. Every of them violate, you know, violate completely the very rule that WTO tried to put it in. And you know, regarding an ill-intentional trade partner, you said trade, you know, balanced trade is not, is not meaningful. Of course it's meaningful. If you don't do it, they're going to rob you until you are empty. So I, 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 just, I just don't know. It's like he doesn't recognize what is China or what is the CCP. The third, he said, uh, he said you know, uh, like Caesars is indifferent to the countless consumers whose real income are reduced by tariffs, the many other workers who lose, lost jobs, and the many other firms that lose markets as a result of the tariffs. Well, I can see that he has some point. But it's not far from conclusive that, uh, you know, by, by having the tariff, it, it would hurt American consumer, okay? We, we, there's no conclusive that how much was absorbed, uh, absorbed by the producer in China and how much was absorbed by the consumer. But even that's the case, it's only like a zero, you know, a quarter point, a quarter of a 1% point, right? And uh, compared to all the loss, you know, we have when we have a so-called free trade with, with China.
with the Chinese Communist Party, and then it's just uh, it's just unmatched. And in terms of uh, you know we, our firm losing the market in China, no, it does not. Remember when Trump was you know apply impose those tariff? What did China do at that time? Did they you know impose the same type of tariff? They did not. Why? Because China needs U.S. more than the other way around. Okay, way more than. So they don't do that. We don't lose market over there when we are tough, when we are strong. But again, this is a, this is a George Mason professor, okay, university professor, doesn't seem to recognize some basic reality. So I feel pretty sorry about that. However, what I want to say is this, okay, as I search, you can try this too. You can search like um, uh, like thesis um, on tariff cut, and you can find out the George Mason University. You know, this professor's came back as the first one. Even I'm, I didn't search for any George Mason, you know. Uh, professor or the professor's name, uh, and I was searching just uh, like Caesar, and his, you know, article came back the first. So I cannot help suspecting, okay, that uh, the search engine did some, you know, funny work there. But anyway, but over there you do see that uh, his counter article, counter opinion was, was quite outstanding in terms of the search result. So f from the reaction. From the action of uh, Light Caesar and from the action of his counter, how to say, of his opponents, I can tell that uh, both of them are aware of the, what's upcoming, which is the lifting some of the tariffs um, against China. Okay, otherwise they won't rush to do this job. It's really like a, how to say, like a media war, media battle. Okay, on the Wall Street Journal uh, for an upcoming event. So, yeah. So, what do you think? Well, this is the status frustration for the poor leadership in the USA right now. I understand what I mean. Yep. And um, so now let's a, look at the, the last point. Last point, may, it may not be very, how to say, uh, as relevant to most Americans, but it's very, very actually important uh, to the US-China relationship, which is, you know, would Nancy Pelosi visit Taiwan? Financial Times, you know, reported that uh, she would. She's leaving a house, uh, you know, house uh, delegation to Asia, and on that trip, she would be visiting Taiwan. Okay, and the reason is she wants to show support of the U.S. Congress to Taiwan against the aggression of Chinese Communist Party. Not a clear intention, right? And then by the House, you know, Speaker of the House. Looks very rational, looks necessary, looks in time, looks the right thing to do. However, okay, the Chinese government really jump up. They, they, they become you know, infuriated. They, and they said strong words, saying that if you dare to do that, it's going to rock the boat. You are going to face dire you know, consequences, so on and so forth. So after that, just one or two days, and Nancy Pelosi become hesitant. And then the most recent news, which is today, okay, there's a few points I want to share with you. The first, um, the trip has not been officially announced. Yes, Financial Times reported, but it was not officially announced, which could mean that uh, it's not too hard to rescind it since it's not even announced. <clears throat> the second, the administration has not asked uh, Pelosi to forego the trip. In difference to the separation of powers among different branches of the government. Okay, all right. And the third is uh, the Joint Chief of Staff, uh, Army General Mark Milley, all right, and uh, the and uh, the Admiral John Aquilino, 
the head of the Indo-Pacific Command, and they briefed actually they briefed Nancy Pelosi on the Capitol Hill、uh, on Wednesday. Okay, and what's what's their briefing? Very simple. I'm just summarizing it for you. It basically, is is gonna is gonna upset CCP. And what did Nancy Pelosi's response? She said,、uh, "She said this. I think what the president was saying is maybe the military was afraid of my, my our plane would be got shut down or something like that by the Chinese." Then she said, "I have not decided what to do yet." So, what's the most ironic is this: Nancy Pelosi wanted to go to Taiwan, to stand together with Taiwan, right? And send a message saying that we're not afraid of you, the Chinese Communist Party. Now, as Chinese Communist Party raised their objection in high tune, in loud voice, she's feeling that, oh, I'm afraid of you. She went there to send a message saying that we're not afraid of you. Now, in the face of just you know just this vocal objection. She showed that she showed hesitation. She showed she sent a signal that we are afraid of you. So you cannot even deal with their voice. How can they deal with their, their, their you know, their action? So, it, based upon my opinion, my understanding, okay, my understanding of the Chinese、uh, Communist Party is all about the rhetoric, okay. They are calling the staff、uh, the bluff, but、uh, whether we're going to be moved or not depends on who we are, and、uh, Trump will not be moved. And because you know that the CCP is afraid of U.S. way more than the other way around, and the CCP need the U.S. way more than the other way around, so the U.S. only has to stand firm and just do what you want to do, what you need to do, what you should be doing, and there's no retaliation that would that would be happening. It's really just calling the bluff. So, but I don't know. Do you think our administration would realize that if? There's this widespread reporting, common recognition that Nancy Pelosi were to go to show our, you know, resolve to stand with Taiwan, and then she rescinded her trip a second time if she she were to do that. What a shame, right? And the consequence that is very very dire. Let me tell you why. Because、um, Pompeo, Mike Pompeo, said this after. You know,、um, recently, okay, after he left the State Department, he said,、uh, I, "I shared with you the, the, the night before: strength deters bad guys, weakness begets war." By not going, by not going, Nancy Pelosi is literally inviting CCP to invade Taiwan because now they see how weak we are. So always stand firm. U.S. is strong; it's great, respected. China needs the U.S. way more than the other way around. And we, how come we just don't see the basic reality? Yeah, that's my point of view. And、uh, book, you said sorry, I'm late. That's okay. And if you, you know, if you can, just、uh, watch it after the show. You said this administration does not have the spine to face down a mouse. Yeah, you you said it in the I would say in the, in the pretty vivid way. Yeah, so. Okay, so that <clears throat> that will be what I want to bring you today. So it's just a very, very you know how to say. I won't say sad. It's very interesting, right? I we reported to you about what happened in China, you know the the real estate meltdown, and then literally I have another topic which I do not you know have time to to share with you today. I have a I have a, I have a feature report about how many rich people in China try to run away. 
Now, Bloomberg has their report about more than 10,000 10, rich people in China are running away with $48 billion worth of property, okay? Because after this lockdown, the zero, zero COVID lockdown uh, you know, policy was imposed and has been imposed, <clears throat> they found however rich they are, they don't even have a way to, you know, to be, away, to be free from starvation. This is how weak they found they, they, them, they themselves are. So after the lockdown is over, they just try, try to run away, just run away from China. So U.S. and China both racing to the bottom. They are racing to run to the bottom. It's just very, very, very pathetic, right? It's very strange. But this is the reality as we see. Okay, but anyway, um, with you guys there, with the American people here, we stay informed, we stay vigilant, we stay strong, we stay, yeah, we stay courageous. I think um, we'll bring this back. All right, thank you very much. I wish you have a great night and, uh, and a great weekend. And uh, Kathy and I will be here, and uh, I think next week we'll still do this uh, you know, daily show. Hopefully we can bring worthy information uh, for you to learn, for you to know, and uh, for us to discuss about. Okay, and ZZZ Rhoda, thank you for the insight uh, way. Yeah, thank you ZZZ for being with us. And uh, let me see, uh, out on a limb, you wrote that need to look into the judge references to the 1981 case concerning executive privilege. Well, yeah, okay, that's a, uh, yeah, that, that's a good uh, hint. I have not done that. And uh, rest in peace. Yeah, Ronnie Lu said, rest in peace, uh, Mr. Prime Minister, um, Shinzu Abe, yes. All right, HL, you wrote a great show, very informative. Thank you very much. Okay, great to have you guys with us. And um, yep, and uh, I'll see you next time. See you on Monday. Thank you, take care.